You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Are your power bills for two months? No, they're one month. But listen to this. I, <laughs> I, read, I zoom in on it because I get them digitally. I zoom in. $908 CR. So I've been paying Credit. a power bill that I didn't need to pay thinking that my payments weren't going through or I was using so much freaking power. So I don't have to pay a power bill for like a year. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is Set. Hook. And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra. He is Brazilian Ty. Ty, you didn't fare too well in that hot dog eating contest on Thursday. Uh, no, especially considering that I forgot my wallet in the truck. <laughs> we, we were literally on the train, or like on the train like platform, and I'm like, ah, I'm not going back to get it. I, I, I just want to go and get to the tailgate because i want to watch the calgary game turns out i didn't miss much uh at in the first 58 minutes <laughs> we ended up watching the last two minutes basically in the stands <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it got a little hectic all right let's talk about those games join two and out for cfl fantasy and cfl pick'em and show kura and ty what you got they are who we thought they were just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca enough from talking about it there has to be consequences and pick'em.cfl.ca Yes, Calgary beat Ottawa 17-16. It's uh, Nick Arbuckle leading the Stampeders to another fourth quarter comeback win. But just an ugly game all around. One touchdown total. But there's something here about the Ottawa Red Blacks. It just doesn't matter who's the quarterback, what's going on with that team. They play the Stampeders really, really tough. Because I think a lot of people had Mm -hmm. them getting smashed in this one. I, I didn't expect an absolute drubbing. I, I figured it'd be competitive. I didn't think it'd be a one-point game. Yeah, uh, and yeah. yeah, I don't know what it is, but I mean, it probably helps that Bo Levi wasn't uh, under center for Calgary. Uh, but these two teams just seem to match up so well. And, and I mean, you, you kind of get tired of watching them in the playoff or in the Grey Cup. But I mean, <laughs> uh, they're, they're usually pretty decent football games. I don't know if the Stampeders are well. There, there have been a lot of changes. There, there's no denying that. But it just doesn't seem like uh, a Stampeder team right now. They're taking a lot of costly penalties because mm-hmm. th- they had 78 yards in the first half alone. Ottawa at that time had none. M- maybe you could argue they they should have won by more than a point. They destroyed Ottawa in time of possession. They had over 37 minutes with the ball in this one but they don't leave with the well they do leave with the win but they leave with a number of in- injuries into starters as well right guard Shane Berkman gets hurt wide receiver Juwan Breskison left the game and Kadeem Carey looks like he was going to have his best game as a CFLer he probably still did have his best game as a CFLer but ends up having to leave it late in the first half. It looked like it's in the high mm-hmm. ankle area. And, I mean, which it's not take, as bad. Which as, will take forever. It's not as bad as ACL or Achilles, but, yeah, it sucks. No, and, yeah, it, it's so easy to tweak that uh, again if you're not fully recovered. Uh, and it just takes so long to fully recover if it is a high ankle that you could be looking at the sixth game. So going forward, at least for the next few weeks, Don Jackson's only halfway through his uh, stint on the six-game injured list. Uh, Mm. Romar Morris is back practicing. He's probably still a few weeks away. Terry Williams is probably going to be carrying the load here. He ended up playing offense when Kadeem Carey left the game, but he also had a big night on returns as well, including... 
the last return of the game here. He had 18.7 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's going to be a pretty sore guy over the next probably uh, few weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the more touch he's, I, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be getting uh, the majority of the touches for that offense. Uh, the way he's been playing, or well, and the way he played Thursday night, and you throw in the returns there as well. If they're going to get him to do both, uh, it could be. Could get pretty beat up, but uh, put up some big numbers for sure. I think Ottawa's defense probably deserves some props here. Corey Tyndall mm-hmm. had a great game. He had, uh, I think, seven tackles. And you know what? They're they're without some impact players on a defense as well, as uh, including Antoine Pruneau. And they held the Stampeders out of the end zone. Uh, there's not yeah. that much more you can ask out of a defense. <laughs> No, if you're not giving it, it's really hard to win a game with field goals. Uh, you oh, know, it yeah. happens. It happens every now and then. Uh, but if you keep the team out of the out of the end zone, I mean, you have a really good shot to win this game. But if you're only scoring 16 points, you're making yeah. it really hard on yourself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ottawa they had what seven field goals in a game last year. Uh, mm-hmm. to win the game off of the leg of uh, Lewis Ward and the Stampeders did it here with Renee Paredes where we don't I don't know if anybody really talks about him as much as he should be I think he's the only kicker in CFL history it's three or four seasons over 90 percent uh uh, field goals in a season he's he's maybe the best or one of the best of all time he is literally the best CFL place kicker ever his, he is number one when it comes to field goal percentage. So, I I know we're obviously going to talk about it, but I just don't understand shaving your lead in half when you have the league's best field goal kicker on the other sideline. Yeah, we we will get to that. Uh, I guess let's just do it right now because yeah, I rip mean, the bandaid off. Because there's not that many highlights in this game. No. T- to be honest, the, the Red Blacks, I mean, they get their one touchdown drive of the game out of Jonathan Jennings. Uh, had the pass to Brad Sinopoli. Maybe Sinopoli's finest game of the season. Seven catches and eight targets, 76 yards, and a touchdown. And they're pinned deep in their own end. Off of a Corey Tyndall force fumble, by the way, which... Mm-hmm. What what a play at what a time. And instead of punting the ball with the league's one of the best pump punters, I think right now when it comes to stats, his uh he, he Richie Leone is booming uh the ball right now. They take the safety, so now they lead by two and they're punting it right back to Calgary. Terry Williams returns it to about the fifty, and yes. Paredes nails the kick. <laughs> it wouldn't happen any other way when you've got that field goal kicker back there. So the decision to give up the safety with about a minute 14 to go to put the Stampeders down by two. What say you, Ty? Well, you know me. I'm a huge coach sympathizer, obviously, with you know <laughs> how much I love the decision-making of Jason Moss. Uh, I, I get it. I totally understand it. You don't want to give up the field position so you take the safety and punt it away terry williams return is a huge part of this that you know on on the ensuing kickoff that was kind of missed like you said he got to the 50 only took five seconds off the clock if they punt from their end zone he's probably ending up at the same spot or a good chance however you you're forcing them to get a touchdown if you punt that ball away now you're giving them a short field ample time and all they need is a field goal and they have Rene Paradis. So at the time it looked suspect at, but at the same time, you, yeah, I think this, it, it almost becomes commonplace. Like it's, it's, it's accepted, right? Uh, I don't like that. It, it totally changed what Calgary had to do. And now all they have to do is kick a field goal. Uh, so I, I probably would have punted there. Uh, and yeah, I sure it'd be a short field, but all you, you kept him out of the end zone all night. You can, you just gotta do it one more time. I didn't watch the game until late uh, Friday, at least in its in- entirety. So I-, I saw the whole game in context, and it was a tough spot for them to be in because if he mm-hmm. punts it, then 
you're hoping that they're not on your own 40 with a chance to get a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, if you if you kick it after the safety, you're you're punting from deeper in your own end. You're hoping to have them on their 40 or 45 yard line. It's just the the same amount of real estate, but I mean, if you want to play the odds, the Stampeders hadn't had a touchdown all game long, so you want to force them to beat you with a touchdown that way. Mm-hmm. It was it was not a good spot to be in for uh, the Red Blacks either way. But playing the odds, you got to force them to get the touchdown every time, right? I I, I think so. Yeah, uh, we got to talk about Robertson Daniel. He's getting a lot of attention. Uh, he Ugh. had his face painted. He made the interception. Face paint. What say you? It looked stupid. Damn it! <laughs> I love it. I think the game needs more of it. Eh, they're wearing ma- they're wearing a helmet with a mask anyway. You don't see it. I don't. I, I could see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. I think he looked. I think he looked stupid. And That's Josh Bell used to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody really used to chirp him for it that I really remember. He's uh, he's now a DB coach for the Stampeders. I love mm-hmm. that Robertson Daniel used to do it. And I'm trying to think back as a kid. I think there was a D lineman that used to play for the Riders in the '90s when they were just absolutely terrible. They used to paint his face as well i just love it these guys are going on the field to battle (laughs) on the gridiron and as a pro wrestling fan we need more (laughs) face paint that's all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) we don't need the ultimate warrior (laughs) i'd love that uh just could you imagine imagine what michael clausen with the big mullet comes out ultimate warrior face paint sprints the whole time Oh, I'd be all over that. <laughs> no, I, like I, I, I like the whole, I like the face paint idea and all that stuff. I just think his, in particular, looked stupid. Oh, so you thought he could have had better face paint? Yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> One thing I do want to note here: there were seven turnovers in this game, twenty-three of them across the four games this week. Mm-hmm. I feel like we got to be moving at a record pace for turnovers. Calgary has 14 interceptions through six wow. games. Wow. Like, and, <laughs> that is crazy. We're going to get to Hamilton, who just had their starting quarterback go down. I think a lot of it is there's a lot of inexperience at the quarterback position right now. De- definitely but, does not help. And, and the experienced quarterbacks, namely on the West Coast, uh, have no chance <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. to find their own receivers uh, when they have the D-line in their face 90% of the game. It's like all at once the backup quarterbacks are getting some experience, and yeah, mm-hmm. they're turning the ball over, although Matt Nichols has a ton of experience and was turning the ball over at will against the Tiger Cats, but it's like they're all getting experience at the same time, so it's probably an ideal situation to get your backup into some games. <laughs> <laughs> uh and well i don't know i don't know if it's ever ideal to get your backup in yeah. but uh, it usually means something went wrong so let's let's go to edmonton as uh, thursday night doubleheader where they absolutely smashed the argos yeah. this wasn't even a football nothing. game this was just practice oh the last time the eskimos pissed a shutout was against the 2014 saskatchewan rough riders Led by Corey Chamberlain. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> I think I saw a stat that said Chamberlain, as a head coach, is now 4-20 and since Darian Durant went down mm-hmm. in 2014. It has been an absolutely brutal run. They haven't won a road game, the Argos, since 2017. I, I don't even know if I see an end in sight to these struggles. <sighs> Corey Chamberlain is now what zero and fifteen in his last fifteen yeah. games as a yeah. head coach. <laughs> Jacques Chapdelaine is probably the worst offensive coordinator in CFL history. I think history. Like, his record. His record the last couple of years is an absolute joke, and how he keeps getting jobs, I have no idea. He he had good times when he was at Wally's side, but when Wally's not there, yeah. Um, and then just I mean. Go well. 
And the problems start at the top. I mean, Jim Pop built this, put this team together the last couple of years, and they did nothing to fix the quarterback position. So we saw last year they flip-flopped between Macbeth and James Franklin, and you know neither guy could take the job. It's almost like neither guy wanted it. Uh, and this year, <laughs> Bethel Thompson gets forced in because James Franklin's out, and it's just as bad. Like They did nothing to – yeah, great. You bring in Darrell Walker. Who's going to throw him the ball? You have Darrell Walker and S.J. Green, who are two of, you know, top tier receivers in this league, and they got nobody to give them the ball. Like, they're, they're going to go 0-18. And, and how, how, does, how does a team make changes with the coach's cap? So it's not like you can fire Corey Chamberlain and bring somebody else in. I do kind of want to talk about the coach's cap when we get to the BC game yeah. because there's another team in a similar situation. Oh, where, my goodness, yeah. Well and, well, and now the Argos can't make a move because no, they've they got Thursday the Bombers night. coming up on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is a messy situation, and it they are hard to watch. It kind of looks like it's getting ugly on and off the field. Frank Ziccarelli mm-hmm. of the Toronto Sun, he seems to be spitting fire at the Argos every chance that he gets right now. They've got a team president that knows nothing about the Canadian Football League. He's the team president for Toronto FC as well. That would probably help if they could, I don't know, talk pinball into I don't know. I'm just throwing names out there. Somebody that knows CFL to be uh, the president of the team. Mm-hmm. It, it, does this stop or start and end with Jim Pop? It seems like he sort of got a... A good relationship with MLSC. I think they kind of trust him because he knows the CFL, but he was nowhere to be found uh, around the team during their three-game trip out west. Uh, Ziccarelli suggests he should have been out there as soon as they got smashed by Winnipeg, but he was nowhere to be seen. What, he, what is he, he going to do? Yeah, I, I don't know what a GM does. Or well, I know what a GM does, but I don't know what he's going to do when he's right. uh, with the team on a road trip. He ended up sending uh, Donald De La Haye home, who ends up making a new video on YouTube. And I don't know if you watched it, but it just kind of came off as whining that he's sitting there on the practice roster as the Argos call back some guys that they cut during training camp and have them kicking instead of instead of him. He basically suggests that the Argos are using him for uh, for exposure. But guess what? Nobody else has given you a job, kids. So mm-hmm. I, I think you guys are using each other a little bit. Uh, it just it seems like a really ugly situation from top to bottom right now. And, you know, Pop has now put his coach in the position, right? This is his guy. It's not like he inherited Corey Chamberlain. Yeah. Uh, so He came back. After, everybody wanted yeah. him back. And so, I mean, to me, that means Jim Pop is next because you, you already got you got your one. And I know Tressman, like, quit and or resigned or however you want to put it. So it, what, you didn't really get the fire. The, it wasn't a coach firing, but he brought in his own guy, and it's not working. I mean, maybe you let him fire Chamberlain and, and find another guy, but, I mean, it's it's just so bad. I, I mean, I don't understand. I, I know they're paid to show up, but it must be unbearable going to the practice facility and, and to games every day knowing that you're you're not going to win a football game. Like, they, they're, le- they're legit going to go 0-18. I don't know if it's the way that the quarterbacks are coached or if they are just incapable of making reads, but like Bethel Thompson was actually, it was like kids playing 500 with the teacher throwing the ball straight in the air. Like he was throwing fly balls to the Eskimo secondary. (laughs) Yeah, it it was embarrassing. He, He went six of 18. With a pick. He's oh. two for 90 yards. And he had he had receivers underneath. Uh, Brandon Burks was, was open he was on running, every play. He was running the check down route and had Edmonton didn't have to defend it. He was nope. open 25 yards all around him. SJ Green, SJ Green yeah. running a crossing route at seven yards every play, never got thrown the ball. 
And Ray would take that every time when he was one, playing. 100%. And, and, and yeah, maybe it's not going to put points on the board. and It's not the big play, but your offense gets in a rhythm. And and you can you can build off of that. And, and you know, you're going to throw the ball 30 yards and it's going to be incomplete or get picked off. It's, it's, what's the point? You might as well you might as well just you know run two quarterback draws and then punt the ball. I think that they have to go with Dakota Prukop right away here. I don't know if they can do it when the Bombers are in town on Thursday simply because that's, it's a that's short a quick week. turnaround. Yeah, but he's been in the league and uh, for about three years. He he saw his first ever snaps in Edmonton. I think after this game, or that they that they just roll with him and see what they have, because they they've have to let, do something. They've let too many young, good quarterbacks go without ever giving them a shot. Name to, one to lead the team. <laughs> well, the quarterback that they played in this game, <laughs> and the, the Eskimos weren't even close to firing at all cylinders. No, uh, Trevor Harris, fantasy-wise, 18.6 points. Like, he was the top quarterback this week when it comes to fantasy with those numbers, and it he didn't have the best game I've ever seen. Like, you see a 26 nothing game, and you figure that it was just, you know, a couple touchdowns and, and just control the ball. He didn't throw a touchdown. He threw the ball third. Why is he throwing the ball thirty nine times? Well, poor Kenny Stafford. He he <laughs> no, catches no. another touch. Poor only me. Mad. Poor me. You're only mad. You're only mad about Kenny Stafford because you lost your bet. I bet twenty five bucks that he'd have uh, at least fifty one yards receiving, and I thought I was sitting pretty with Davaris Daniels not in the in the yeah. lineup this week. I should have known better because I wouldn't even put him in my fantasy lineup. But I, ah, I, I fell into the Brazilian tie trap. Yeah, well, he did. He did score a touchdown that got called back on a penalty. Second week in a row. <laughs> Shot. Breaking news. Spoiler alert. Edmonton season uh, points off the board. <laughs> and they only took, I think, less than seventy yards in this one. So I think it was their best game uh, of the season when it came to How- penalties. <laughs> How do you take penalties when the other team only has the ball for 21 minutes? Yeah, that's that's true. It could have been so much worse. There was, I think it was the first quarter. Edmonton throws a pick basically down at Toronto's goal line, but he mm-hmm. gets challenged, overturned, and then Shaq Cooper fumbles it on the two anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, man, my bet, if they can march down the field here, I got faith in McLeod Bethel-Thompson. It was early in the night. Yeah, uh, my bet might be looking okay. And you were so yeah, happy. It, it went to crap. Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was ecstatic. <laughs> Is for there any all of scenario five minutes that Shaq Cooper steals this job? Uh, he looks more explosive, but it's the ball security thing. The ball security is going to be huge. Uh, the fact they gave it to him twenty-two times. I know they had a lead, but. I mean, last week they only ran the ball eight times with C.J. Gable. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it's a tough call. If he, if he can't protect the football, then no. Uh, if I mean, it's only – it's not like he fumbles it every time. Uh, yeah. But, you know, against Toronto, you're going to get away with that. If you're playing Winnipeg or Hamilton or Calgary or teams like that, you're not going to get away with, with fumbling the football and, and taking, you know, taking points points basically off the board i mean that that should have been an easy seven right it 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 ends up not mattering but his forty six hundred dollars uh paid off well if you had him in your lineup twenty eight point six points 122 yards on the ground had a touchdown and 48 yards receiving as well we noticed later in the game they actually took him out of the red zone package i assumed Uh it was because he fumbled it down near the goal line, so Martise Jackson came in at times. But if Shaq Cooper can figure out the fumbles, yeah, the Eskimos might have themselves a nice little running back here. The Eskimos' secondary was great. I, I don't think it was hard for them to play great, but Josh Johnson <laughs> was just swallowing up who, whoever came his way. Mm-hmm. And i got to say props to the Eskimos. I thought it was a tough sell 
getting people back into the stands for this game. It was a Thursday night. The fair's in town. Laugh all you want, but the Backstreet Boys were in town. But they had yep. 30, 30K in the stands. Ricky Ray appeared on the screen during the third quarter stretch with don't, your boy, don't, Brian don't Hall. Don't you dare say it. <laughs> Does he know he has a microphone, do you think? Well, it was good to see Ricky, although his daughter was sporting Argo colors. <laughs> yeah, that I'm sure that went over well. <laughs> I think we'll we'll be seeing Ricky around Commonwealth Stadium. I think a lot more over the next few years. He, I know he's considering, and I'm sure his buddy Jason is uh, talking him into joining the Esks coaching staff in the next uh, year or so. But they had 30k back into the stands, and it looked to me like the $22 general admission ticket was a big hit in Edmonton. They uh, that end zone was packed. They had a lot of people there, and a lot of people standing at that bar in the end zone. It looks mm-hmm. like they're making some good things happen. Dana White was at the game. It was a big one for Edmonton. And it's tough to get people into the stands on a Thursday night with an 0-5 Argos team coming to town. Well, a Thursday night game kicks off at 7.30. By the time you're home, it's, you know, yeah. you're looking at 11, 11. Like, we left, I don't know, with six I got minutes home left. just after 1. Yeah, we got home just before 1. Like, I mean, we, we got the first train because we left early, and it was still packed. Yeah. Right? And But, I mean, the end zone was packed with people. I mean, when you have cheap beer, you're, you're expecting people to run on the field a little bit. I think – I don't think yeah, that was a big surprise. Yeah, we did see a guy run on the field. <laughs> I don't think that was a big surprise. He almost got away, uh, which would have been unreal, but I feel like somebody <laughs> would have tripped him going up the stairs. <laughs> it's it, – when you get the stands full, when you have the cheap beers and the cheap tickets, mm-hmm. more idiots are going to be in the stands. And yes, oh, 100%. But what's the point of running on the field if you have clothes on? <laughs> that's that's also a fair point. You paid $22 and then whatever you paid in beer to spend the night in jail. So good, good oh. for you. Yeah, exactly. What a goof! I didn't, I didn't want to cheer the guy. I wanted to cheer security, just laying him out with a blindside hit or an offensive lineman. He didn't go near the players, so I mean, no. he, he knew that well. <laughs> yeah. Well, there has been there has been an incident in yeah. in Edmonton with, with with a guy on the field and getting hit by a player. So I think I think he's learned from past mistakes. Yeah. So I don't know. Good for that goof. Uh, <laughs> or whatever. And those hot dogs, they were good. Now, I got They're a delicious. bit paranoid. At the beginning of the game, they announced they only have 10,000 hot dogs, so I bought eight. <laughs> no, usually, if I buy anything from the concession, it'll be like a couple slices of pizza and a, and oh, a yeah. Coke. Because that BP's pizza, I don't know what it is. I think it's the Great White North. You can't go wrong with that. Um, no, I, I always go double pepperoni, double cheese. Yeah, I can't go wrong with that either. But the hot dogs, eight hot dogs and a Coke was like 23 bucks. If it was you're, that... You're <laughs> losing money if you don't do that. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I got to tell you, it was chaos trying to put ketchup and mustard on them at the at the condiment station. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. And, it was and, brutal. And you actually made it on the big screen in rider gear. And, but they covered the hat. They, well, I mean, it was Toronto and Edmonton, so your your outfit really made sense. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit, happening October 10th at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel. The focus this year is uh, all about creating healthy workplace cultures where everyone there thrives. Supporting the health and wellness of employees is becoming a major consideration for many workplaces, and Alberta Blue Cross wants to connect the dots of what it takes to create healthier workplaces with happier people. i got to say, if I'm a happy guy at work, I work a lot better. If I'm grumpy, Mm -hmm. well... (laughs) If somebody tells you there's donuts in the break room and it's just an empty box, it's going to be a long day. That's not good, but if I open the box and there are donuts, there you go. So maybe we figured it all out. Donuts creates happiness. <laughs> hey, it works for Homer. 
So if you're an employer or an employee, this is a pretty cool summit to check out. They've got, let's see here, about five keynote speakers that uh, can inspire you and teach you all about having healthy workplace cultures. I like the Drew Dudley lollipop moments talk. Just type in Drew Dudley TED Talk lollipop. It'll pop up. It's like six minutes. You will feel great about yourself after watching that TED Talk. And you don't just sit there with your little notepad, have a ham sandwich, and go on your way. You actually get to uh, mingle with these keynote speakers as well and make some great connections. The Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit, Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel on October 10th. Learn more at the Wellness summit.ca it is the wellness summit.ca third game of the week was the friday nighter i think everybody expecting it to be the game of the week was hamilton beating the bombers 23 15 where matt nichols threw 48 times when has that ever happened i think you'd have to go back i don't know if it has man uh, that that is uncharacteristic of Nichols, of, of this Winnipeg Blue Bombers offense in general. Like uh, Andrew Harris getting eight carries, and I think he had around five yards a carry. It's not like 6.6. Oh, over six. So it's not like he was uh. doing nothing. It, it's just that I think the Ticats just knocked him off their game. They got off to a fast start. Uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli led the team. Down the field, had a touchdown, and I think that just threw the Bombers right off because Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've seen their defense get manhandled like that on a drive. Matt Nichols throws a pick, and basically a quarterback sneak later, we're five, seven minutes into the game, and it's 14-0 Tiger Cats, and they never really got anything going, the Blue Bombers. No, it it just seemed to... They, they they would get you know one or two decent plays and then it would just grind to a halt. It seemed uh, it, it just if they're gonna throw the ball that much, like it. I know they were down early and it doesn't help. Like when you're down fourteen, nothing, yeah. it's really hard to to get the run game going. But I mean, fourteen points is not that bad. Uh, and when you have Andrew Harris, I mean, lots of opportunities to you know you can still run the ball. And like you said, averaging six point six yards a carry, uh, you know, setting up second and pretty short, which is, you know, perfect for Matt Nichols. Uh, they just, yeah, they could not get much going on offense. Uh, their leading receiver was Andrew Harris as well with 64 yards. Uh, wow. Just not a great night on the offensive side of the ball for the Bombers really whatsoever. Yeah, it was just a, it's just a poor game. I, I don't know if there are any excuses there. Really, it kind of looked like Matt Nichols was off his game from the start. The ball was sailing on him, and mm-hmm. credit does have to go to the Hamilton defense, so we will talk about oh, yeah. that. But Nichols threw three interceptions. There was, I think, two fumbles from Kenny Walker, both on punt returns, seven turnovers altogether, including the turnover on downs at the end of the game. But just a bad game from the Bombers. But you're right, 14 nothing in the CFL very, very early in the game. It's it's not bad. I think there was a pick from Winston Rose that the Bombers ended up driving down the field and scoring on on a touchdown pass to Darvin Adams. And you kind of, at least I wondered, is the tide going to change a little bit here? Mm-hmm. And it really didn't. It almost seemed like the injury to Jeremiah Mazzoli kind of took the wind out of the sails for both teams. You never like seeing that. And it just... You don't want it to be a contact injury, but on a non-contact injury, mm-hmm. it's almost like the injuries are worse every single time. Yeah. And it was a torn ACL. He just planted his foot when he was trying to escape pressure, and he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So Dane Evans comes in and finishes the game. He basically managed the game until the end. I, that's basically what he did. It's all he had to do to keep the mm-hmm. Ticats in the lead and try to escape Tim Horton's field with a win. But seeing Mazzoli go down with that, it's so similar to when Kalaros went down in 2015. The Ticats have a great start to the season here. I, I hope he can come back next year and be the same player. This just sucks to see. The the one thing I will say is like I'm glad like I I, don't, oh, I shouldn't say glad 
I'm just happy that it wasn't on a controversial headshot or hit something or like headshot that. or they took his knee out or something like that because we've had enough of that. Yeah. Uh, and it really does suck for the Ticats, though, to lose their court, like the starting quarterback on any football team. It doesn't matter. It is such an integral part. I mean, you look around the league right now, and we're we're at half, if not over half, of backups. Te- well, technically, well, two thirds. Like, <laughs> two thirds, yeah. Because i I would almost I would almost think that you know Vernon Adams is probably not losing that job when Pipkin comes back. That's the uh, one I don't really because I, I I think it was a one A one B situation going yeah, into the season. But I'm just going but, strictly yeah. off depth charts, right? Of course, uh, yeah. So it's been kind of a crazy year like that, like that in the CFL with guys dropping like flies, it seems, behind center. Uh, but, yeah, non-contact injuries just always seem to be way worse. Like, we still don't know what's going on with Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, we saw it last year with, with Matt Nichols as well, non-contact injury in training camp. Uh, you know, it, it, it can t- – and this, he's out for this season, and he could, he could miss a starter next year too. I mean, ACLs are – it, it's it. They're tough injury to come back from, much like the high ankle sprain we were talking about. But I mean, he hasn't had surgery yet. I don't know what the timeline is for that. But I mean, the recovery is going to take a while. Uh, and you know, they need. I, I don't know if they need him back, but I mean, it, he's a huge part of that offense. And, and you know, able to be that dual threat quarterback. I don't know if Dane Evans is going to quite be the same guy behind center. But I mean, they have a good enough support system for him that I think he'll do just fine just sucks that he worked so hard to get to where he was. And then last mm-hmm. year, he had to put up with the Manziel crap to start the year. Yep. I think this was really the first year when he didn't have to put up with any he, shadow. It was 100% was, his team. Yeah, it was it was his team from the get-go. And, you know, it, it blows up on one freak accident. Yeah. I am a Dane Evans believer, though. Uh he beat out Vernon Adams last year. They they believed in him enough to get rid of Johnny Manziel. Hey, maybe they saw all the other issues. They just wanted to get out of that situation altogether. But Dane Evans looked great in the preseason. And I know he struggled here, but when he gets an entire week of reps, and this is a tough situation for him when he gets a short week and has to go into Regina. That is not easy for a young quarterback, but... I think in a few weeks, they've got a great offensive line. They've got great receivers, and they've got a great defense. Mm-hmm. If he can uh, just do his thing and prepare during the week, I think he might surprise some people to wrap up this season. Well, I mean, they play the Rough Riders this coming week, and then it's BC at Ottawa, at BC, at home against Toronto. So, I mean, after the Rider game, he's going to have, I don't want to call it an easy schedule, but he's not going up against you know the the Montreal defense has been really good he's not going up against Calgary Edmonton uh you know he's not Winnipeg even he's not going through the teeth of the CFL he's he's getting a he's gonna get eased in I I would think I mean he might have a rough week Charleston Hughes can can uh do what he did last week but the support on that offense that he that he'll have whether it be Excuse me, Malik Irons in the backfield. Uh, all the receivers he has, like you said, their offensive line. Uh, he just has to protect the ball and and just make make his plays and and don't 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 give the ball away. And he should be just fine. The Ticat defense has been great under Mark mm-hmm. Washington, and I'm sure BC Lions fans probably wonder. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. What? Where was this? They're so physical. They 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 hawk to the ball. I mean, Jamal Wall and Roll in this one had two interceptions, and that's without Cariel Brooks. Either Roll or Williams isn't going to be starting next week because Brooks is going to come back. They've mm-hmm. got some real depth in the secondary, and Jagera Davis on the defensive line is is playing out of his mind. Out of his at mind. Least, at least yeah. he did in this game. They've got a fun defense, and they were without Simone Lawrence in this game. Yeah, Fast, physical, lots of fun to watch. Uh, it's everything you want in a defense. 
really. And like you said, the depth is huge. Uh, you know, guys can go down at any time, like we saw with Jeremiah Masoli. It can happen to anybody. Uh, the depth you need to have uh, on both sides of the ball is just so important, and they definitely have it uh, when it comes to their defense. Uh, you know, and when Brooks comes back, I I, I would think Frankie Williams doesn't start because he can He's just strictly returner. focus. He can strictly focus on returns, uh, and you, and you keep him from getting beat up. And then if you do need him, he's still available. And speaking of secondaries, I think people were questioning Winnipeg's heading into the season, wondering if they were going to have a, a ton of holes after the changes in the off season by losing uh, Kevin Fogg and Taylor Loeffler. But I think we might have to put Winston Rose into the Trey Roberson category at this point, don't we? Don't we? They both have. They both lead. They're tied for the league lead in, in interceptions. And it with looked like now. he was covering Brandon Banks with ease, which, which is no easy feat. <laughs> no, that's amazing. <laughs> he is at a possible. great start. Oh man, and. Uh, Having Brandon Banks in this one, it, it, obviously my entire fantasy team was centered around him. 11.3 points mm-hmm. for $14,000. Uh, uh, that hurt my real team. Good re- real good return <laughs> on investment. <laughs> At least I was able to win my Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge against Rod from the Wood Cookie mm-hmm. Sawcast. How did you fare? Uh, Safamod took me to the woodshed. Uh, oh. I was second last, I think, in points, and he had like 128. He he led he led the entire league for this week. I'm going to guess he had William Powell, didn't he? Yep, and Cody Fajardo. <laughs> let's let's move on to the Riders. Just taking the Lions to the woodshed, 45 to 18. The Lions are on bye week. Right now, I'm just seeing as we record this that the Lions have actually made a trade with the Calgary Stampeders. They have acquired American offensive lineman Justin Renfro and a fifth round draft pick in the 2020 CFL draft in exchange for a player off of the Lions neg list and a conditional fourth round selection in the 2020 draft. Uh, They need to do something about protecting Mike Riley. We wondered if they were going to have some changes here, but on the Lions' first possession, it was two hits to Mike Riley, including a sack from Solomon Elamimian. More of the same from the mm-hmm. Lions as far as protecting the quarterback goes. It, it's a broken record at this point. I don't know how often we can talk about Mike Riley I getting know, hit. I know. Um, it, they've spent so much money on him, and they... It, it's just blowing up in their face right now. And I, I can't imagine, like, to get to the stadium or find parking, you're going you're gonna to eat before you go, you're going to eat there. Like, it becomes such an expensive night out, and this is what you're getting as a BC Lions fan. Well, that's like, not the only issue, the O-line. I mean... <laughs> no, but I mean just the team in general. I know, Right? I like, know. they are not playing good football right now, and it starts with the offensive line. Yeah, it, 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 it totally does. It snowballs from there. There is zero pass rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, Odell Willis is just a non-factor. He's stuck at 99 career sacks right now, and <laughs> but he, he's got no support there. Uh, Charles Wright looked like he's played okay at times, but they looks like they make a stop on the riders on second and long. He gets called for roughing the passer. It looks like they make another stop on the rider, second and long. Davon Coleman, he retaliates, gets called for unnecessary roughness. So I know that they are getting frustrated right now, but they're taking mm-hmm. these stupid penalties that were extending drives for the riders. They had the ball yep. for over 38 minutes. Oh. They dominated BC in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And the, the only thing... It seemed the only aspect of this game they lost was special teams. Yeah. And it didn't really hurt them that bad. Even then, they had a return <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, nothing, just seemed nothing could go right except for, you know, two returns for the for the Lions. It, it doesn't help that the Lions were without Suk Chung. And mm-hmm. Joel Figueroa last year was a beast for the mm-hmm. Lions. He was nasty in the trenches. I... Is he hurt? Is he has he peaked? I 
<laughs> I, don't, right. I don't want to say that about a guy, but there no. were times when he was just laid off the ball. I think it just comes down to coaching, really. I think that's a huge part. I mean, their whole coaching staff almost, except for, you know, Reinbold, uh, it seems like they are, or I guess Reinbold's gone. Um, yeah, he's in Hamilton again. He's yeah. back in Hamilton now, yeah. Uh, they're all rookies as coaching, as coaches. It's like you have Clay Brooks there who at times, like I know his his challenge record is <laughs> 100%, but how often do we have to be told they they didn't have all the information so he can't he's not challenging it's like okay so it just seems like he's a little lost uh you know you're giving up what they give up last week 48 or 38 sorry uh they gave up oh, yeah, 40 yeah. F- they gave up 45 this week like something's got a chance like i know we we talk about the old line being a mess but when you're giving up this many points it's just the team as a whole right now uh and you know the way the old line is playing like you said Figueroa is a completely different player compared to what he was. I I, I don't want to say peaked. I, I don't want to call a guy out or not call a guy out, but say that you know he's he's peaked when when it's it's really hard to say. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's injured. But there's just no other options right now for for them to go with. Well, yeah, and, he and, was banged and, up at practice. Right? So and and at one in six or one in five, it, it, it gets really hard to stay intense uh, throughout an entire football game. It's it's sad when you can't get up. For a home game, though, uh, and it and a team that you just played the week before, yeah, there should be some revenge, some redemption in 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 your mind, but uh, just nothing's going right for them right now. And, and you know the high priced quarterback, uh, you know it's just not working out. Uh, they they need they need to change something. They need to change it quick. Uh, I, I don't know what they can do with with the cap situation on. You know whether it's players or coaches, the cap situation what it is what it is. Oh, it's it's an ugly situation right now. I'm looking back because everybody they kind of want to go to the 2011 season where the Lions, um, <laughs> they start the season one in six, and then they go on this run and make it to the make it to the Grey Cup. But you look back at those games, they lost to Montreal, they lost to Hamilton, they lost to Winnipeg. Winnipeg, I think at that time, they were in the East Division. Yes, they were, because Mm -hmm. they played the Lions in the Grey Cup. If you look at the Lions' losses right now, they're all against West Division teams. Crawling out of that hole is not going to be... I don't know if it's possible. It's possible, but it's not going to be easy. Well, not only dig themselves out of a hole, they have to. They have to finish higher than the Riders in wins because now the Riders yep. have the season series. Uh, so you know that that's a big jump. Uh, well, I guess Riders are only three and three, but I mean the hole they're digging, even just to to not have to play the crossover, uh, is going to. Like in in two or three weeks, if they don't if they don't get another win, they're they're pretty much done. Like it's so hard, especially in that West Division, right? And and this game's so much more ugly if Ryan Langford doesn't return two kicks for a touchdown. He had a missed field goal, uh, another kickoff for a touchdown, and I, I think you could actually hear Farhan on the sideline when they returned one in the third quarter. Farhan is saying you got to go for the onside kick now. Uh, mm-hmm. Their offense had zero momentum taking over from those kicks at all yep. because they had 110 yards altogether. You take away the losses from the five sacks, and it's 68 yards of net offense from the Lions. And that's, you know what? That's you're not going to win a football game like that. No, I, I actually thought that they. It looked like they actually made some adjustments at halftime uh, because Solomon was blitzing a lot to mm-hmm. have some hot routes going to the empty spaces in the defense. And if they execute a few of those plays, it, it actually looks like the Lions could have broken this game open a little bit. But I don't know if they have the horses at receiver to do that because 
the Ryder secondary was ready for it. Luchez Purifoy mm-hmm. and Nick Marshall had their way. Yep. Uh, there's no other... I don't know what else you can add to that. They, they didn't let the receivers have anything. Uh, you know, when Mike Riley has a game like that, you know, very un-Mike Riley-esque, uh, you know, he only threw for 66 yards on eight completions. Like, yeah... I know it looks really bad on Mike Riley, but you got to give a lot of credit to that Ryder defense. Yeah, Luchez Purifoy, he had a kick return for a touchdown mm-hmm. as well. He's really fun to watch because he's fast, but he doesn't look like he's he's got a Jets like Brandon Banks. It looks like he just picks a lane and goes for it. It's awesome. Yeah, and uh, and like we saw on Thursday night with with Jackson running backwards. Uh or even yeah. Shaq Cooper reversing field and going backwards just to gain that extra two yards. It's nice to see a guy just put his head down and go for it. Well, uh, we saw William Powell do it in this one as well. Mm-hmm. looks like the play's over, and he just yep. switches direction and burns the entire defense and runs for uh, a touchdown there. Uh, Solomon Elamimian made his return to BC. It looks like he is back into form. I don't know if it was the emotion of being back in the BC place, but he looked like the BC Lions and uh, uh, most outstanding defensive player again, and most outstanding player in this game. I just feel so sorry that Sam Hurl had to lose his job for him. (laughs) I really hope this is not the last year that we see Elamimian in this league because Farhan on the uh, sideline kind of said that Solomon was kind of leading or leaning that way at one point when mm. he was so caught up in the off season with the CBA stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, it's if he if he keeps having games like this, uh, you know, it doesn't matter that it's for the Riders. If he has games like this for any team in the league, he is just so fun to yeah. watch in the middle yeah. of that defense. Uh, you know, it'd be a it'd be a huge loss for the league. Now, we talk about what happened to Ottawa when they took a safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> BC takes a safety early in this game, and it is 5-0. They punt it mm-hmm. to Saskatchewan. Purifoy returns it for a touchdown. Now it's 12 nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they gave him free points and a kick return. I think... We need to start, or at least coaches need to start really thinking about when they're giving up the safety. I think it's probably best when you're crushing a team and you're pinned back in your end zone. But even then, when you got John Ryan, he had some booming punts in this one. And I know he's kicking for more singles than he'd like to, but he actually flipped the field a few times here. But the safety is burning teams, at least Mm -hmm. it did in this week. Um, it, giving it up in the first quarter, there's still lots of football left. I mean, it's only two points. I, I think Rick Campbell stands out a lot more than this of one. Of course. Either, right? But uh, for, for Purifoy to take that one back just added insult to injury. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's much to say about the Rough Rider offense here. Dan Clark played in his 100th game. Uh, he had a great game. The whole Rider mm-hmm. offensive line looked good. Uh Fajardo needs to learn how to slide. I guess I would say that because he, he looks like he likes contact a little bit, <laughs> which which is not not uh, ideal. I uh, know, <laughs> especially when you're on a backup quarterback. I mean, <laughs> what happens if Bennett gets hurt on a punt return? Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> He flies down the field. He has got no regard. Yeah, but it's possible that Bennett and. Uh, Fajardo could get hurt, and we're at John Ryan at quarterback. Oh, boy. (laughs) How dare you? Let's talk about that coach's cap here, because now the Lions are on bye. Mm -hmm. And, well, they already did make a trade to get another body in at the offensive line. Can they make any other changes? I do think they need to make a change at O.C., I don't think they're going to let Clay Brooks go. Uh, but Jackson, he couldn't get it done with Lule and Jennings, and he's been there for a while now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's working out with him and Riley. But at the same time, how with this coach's cap, they're caught. 
you're stuck. Because uh, you, if you don't spend up to it, you're basically saying, okay, we, we think one of you is going to fail. Right? So we have to leave room yeah. so we can hire somebody else after we fire you. So you can't do that. Uh, and and if, if a coach is fired, I mean, then his, his salary still counts. And, and if you're at the – like, it's just – it's such a flawed system. I get it. You don't want teams having, like, 20 coaches. Uh, but maybe I, – I agree on capping the number. I, I don't think we need to cap the salaries. Because now, now you're making it impossible. Because this would be an ideal time to make changes in the coaching staff. Yeah. Even yeah. in Toronto. It's short weeks. So you probably wouldn't do it in Toronto. But Toronto's probably stuck to – you can't – we saw the St. Louis Blues change your coach, get hot at the right time, win us down the cup. Sometimes that's all it takes is just a different voice in that dressing room. And, and, you know, teams are handcuffed now and can't really do it. And so you're basically just stuck with what you have until their contracts run out or if they're going to have uh, like an amnesty buyout kind of idea in the off season where, you know, coach's salary won't count if you fire them. I, I don't know, but the money... The money is what's going to screw over so many teams because they can't make the change just for, just because of the fiscal, just because of the financials. I know people call it the Chris Jones rule, but did they win any Grey Cups? Nope. So <laughs> did they if, win any if, playoff games? Well, I guess one. So if teams feel like they had to hire more coaches because of the riders, I, I don't yeah, get you where, are. You are copycatting the wrong team. <laughs> I I wonder if this thing isn't going to last very long, or if there's going to be some amend amendments. I'm not so sure, mm-hmm. but we're already seeing a couple teams stuck that probably need to yeah. make some changes. I go three and one in picks. I believe you go two and two. I'm not going to yep. crap on you for the Argos thing because I thought they it were going to compete. But they are I thought they were so going to compete. <laughs> I, I thought it. I, I thought it'd be closer than twenty six. Uh, safe to say, Eskimos covered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so What's there's the that. biggest spread you've ever seen in the CFL? Like betting wise, like yeah, like before the game, like the betting line. Yeah, uh, I think Calgary last year had a twenty one and a half. Oh. At one point. Oh. <laughs> start tra- now I got to start tracking this. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Okay, our top performers in fantasy this week: uh, Trevor Harris, eighteen point six, top quarterback, followed That's up by the Nick top Arbuckle. Quarterback, eighteen point six. Yeah, not great. Nick Arbuckle, wow. fifteen point four, and as well as Cody Fajardo. Uh, so you know, solid nights. And then after that, it's Jeremiah Masoli at eight point seven uh, in fourth. So it was a Jeez. real tough week for quarterbacks. And granted, I mean, Masoli gets hurt. Dane Evans comes in, and only he didn't. He didn't put up much fantasy-wise. As for running backs, William Powell led the entire league at 35.1. Shaq Cooper, 28.6. Andrew Harris, 19.7. And when it comes to receivers, Ryan Lankford, 23.1. Two two return touchdowns and all the return yards really helps. Uh, Brad Snopley, 20.6. And Kyron Moore for the Saskatchewan Riders at 16.4. Wow, so there were no monster receiver weeks either, Mm -mm. huh? No, and I mean... Langford's points came off special teams, really. Yeah. So. Special teams was a beast this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth? Yep. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I want to point you to a new podcast of the network called This Is Adulting. It's hosted by Danny and Jack a podcast about finding yourself in adulthood, discussing life influencers, and passing on what you've learned. I think if there's anything I know about Ty and myself, it's that we should probably subscribe to this one right now. Dude. (laughs) Dude. I got my power bill on Friday. Okay. $908. What? So I'm like... Did my last, because my my one before that was 480. I'm like, are my payments not going through? What is happening right now? Okay, are your, are your power bills for two months? No, they're one month. But listen to this. I, <laughs> I, read, I zoom in on it because I get them digitally. I zoom in. $908 CR. 
So I've been paying Credit. a power bill that I didn't need to pay, thinking that my payments weren't <laughs> going through or I was using so much freaking power. So now I don't have to pay a power bill for like a year. So last month, it's, it was eighty CR, and you paid 480 bucks, doubling it. I paid $500, yeah. <laughs> so I had to call my mom and be like, what the hell does the CR mean? She's like, that's credit. I'm like, so I don't have to pay this? <laughs> oh, this is adulting. A part of the Alberta Podcast Network. I'm subscribing right now. We are not hosts of this. Danny and Jack are. Please help us. <laughs> I, I, I've never felt like a bigger idiot. <laughs> Like Thursday betting on the Argos and then getting a $908 power bill thinking I had to pay it back-to-back days. Real rough week for T.O. Oh, I'm like, man, are you going to grow up in that condo or what? (laughs) (laughs) I know my projector takes up a lot of power, but holy. (laughs) So my my real power bill was only like $72. Wow. (laughs) You don't have to pay for two years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I might just keep paying anyway. And, of course, make sure you go to SeatGiant.ca. Use the promo code APN because, you know what, this weekend we got a battle of Alberta. Edmonton is in Calgary. It is going to be a battle. If you use the promo code APN on SeatGiant.ca, you're going to save yourself 5%. You're going to support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process as well. SeatGiant.ca, all the tickets for all your events in Canadian dollars. They're Canadian-owned and operated. Use the promo code APN. Make sure you rate and review and subscribe to Tune Out on any of your favorite podcatchers. We will talk to you Thursday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.